help me? How often do we feel like that? When there's a situation that seems unfair or slightly overwhelming, whether for ourselves or for someone we know, and we feel like asking, Lord, don't you care? This can be a good thing because it means we're wrestling in prayer with God. But sometimes, like Martha, we then proceed to tell him what he should do. Lord, don't you care? Tell her to help me. Jesus' reply, as usual, overturns expectations. Surely he, who places so much emphasis on serving one another, would try to persuade Mary to get up and help her overwrought sister. But no, instead he gently tells Martha that she's becoming too distressed over so many things that she doesn't need to worry about. He's happy for Mary to stay where she is because she's got her priorities and heart in the right place. You can see why Martha might be a bit miffed. But if we look at things from Jesus' perspective, his response makes more sense. He is on his path of ministry, a path that he knows will lead to the cross. He's been teaching his disciples, preaching, healing the sick, and performing miracles. He probably spends a lot of time surrounded by crowds. He's often harassed by several of the Jewish leaders. You can imagine that could get quite exhausting. And so when he comes to Martha and Mary's home, he probably doesn't want a lot of fuss. He's not looking for certain expectations to be met or customs to be observed. He doesn't care that by sitting at his feet, Mary acts out of line with conventional female behavior. Maybe he just wants to spend some time with some friends. Whatever the preparations that Martha's organizing, However well-meaning, perhaps they're not as necessary as she thinks they are. Perhaps she has made extra work for herself and can make do with a lot less. Maybe the important thing is that Jesus just wants to see her along with her sister and have some of her undivided attention. After all, hospitality doesn't just consist of welcoming and providing food or whatever, but also listening and making the most of spending time with people. And God doesn't just want our gifts. He wants us. The way Jesus responds to Martha doesn't seem unsympathetic or disapproving, though. The way he says, Martha, Martha, gives the impression that he's trying to soothe her agitation. He calls her name and speaks to her directly. You are upset and worried about many things. And I'm sure that Jesus knew all those particular things that troubled Martha. God knows the things that worry each of us, and he can sympathize with them. What matters to us matters to him. But at the same time, he sees the bigger picture. Here, Jesus knew what lay ahead of him. He knew what he had come to do, which was ultimately to sacrifice his life in order for us to return and come close to God in spite of sin and to receive eternal life in spite of death. He would have foreseen the impact that the events of his crucifixion would have on his friends and followers, and he knew the key role they would need to play after his resurrection in spreading his word so that more people might believe and be saved. So when Mary sat at Jesus' feet listening to his words, she was in exactly the right place for that moment in time. 
The more time she spent listening and learning from Jesus, the more prepared she would probably be for what lay ahead. In the same way, Jesus knew that what was best for Martha in that moment was not to spend such a disproportionate amount of time on preparations and tasks, and certainly not to get worked up over them, but to spend some time listening to what he had to say. Briefly considering Mary's perspective, it's not clear how deliberate her choices were or whether she was aware of Martha's agitation. But the way she was drawn to sit and listen to Jesus was what mattered. She was making the most of this opportunity. She may have been troubled when Martha came to appeal to Jesus to reproach her sister. Yet Mary's behavior and position were affirmed by Jesus, even if she acted unconventionally. Maybe she was used to being criticized or even being treated with disdain by others. It reminds me of the story of the woman who poured perfume over Jesus' feet. In fact, John chapter 12 identifies this woman as Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. In this story, a dinner is given in Jesus' honor. Again, Martha is described as serving, whilst Mary, to the horror of the disciples, gets down on the floor, pours a whole pint of expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, and wipes his feet with her hair. When one of the disciples condemns her actions, Jesus responds in a similar way as he does in today's gospel reading. Leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. In other versions, he says, she has done a beautiful thing for me. Whether the woman with the perfume was indeed Mary or not, this encounter highlights the fact that Jesus honors those who honor him. There are different ways to honor God, but the important thing is that they are humble and sincere. Going back to our reading from Luke, what made Mary sit at Jesus' feet? Maybe it was the way he treated her with grace and kindness rather than disapproval, despite her faults the way he recognized her value and let her honor him in her own unique way. Or maybe it was simply the power of his words. It's hard to deduce much about these characters' thoughts and feelings in such a short passage, but I think trying to see things from their different viewpoints helps us in some way to explain their actions and reactions. Sitting at Jesus' feet, metaphorically speaking, is a good position to spend time in. It helps us humble ourselves at the same time as realizing the greatness of our God as we look with our face tilted upward. Our reading from the first chapter of Colossians reflects on this greatness. It speaks of the majesty of Jesus, his role in creation, the way that all things hold together in him and of the incredible way he's rescued us and let us know God personally. And remembering this helps us put things in perspective. When we focus on God, we realize that he is bigger than any of the problems we face. We know, but at the same time we forget that he really is almighty and all-loving. He's outside of time and space, yet he's within us and cares about each one of us. It's one of the best mysteries that can't be fathomed. 
Jesus told Martha, only one thing is needed. What did he mean by that? Was he referring to himself? Was he talking about the faith that Mary showed? Or the love that she received? As Paul later wrote in 1 Corinthians, Meanwhile, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. However you interpret it, it all stems back to God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And all we truly need is in him. Peace, joy, strength, freedom, security, love, you name it. If it's not something that comes from God, then it's probably not really important. The truth is that if we believe in Jesus, we are already saved and we are already free. Nothing changes that. It doesn't matter how we feel or whatever situation we find ourselves in. It seems obvious saying it, but at the same time, it's often so easy to lose sight of it. Like Martha, there are times when we just need to slow down and pause with God, to soak in his presence, to linger and notice the world around us. Now, I'm going to put my hands up here because despite my name, I, for one, find I usually have too many Martha moments and not enough Mary moments. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. When Jesus spoke to Martha, he wasn't downgrading the value of serving. It's still important for us to work hard to serve God in each other. Just not to the point where it harms rather than helps, or where we get things out of perspective and forget to spend time with God. It's about trying to get a balance, I suppose. We all have different personalities, and some find it easier to be still than others. But there are also just as many different ways to tune in to God, whether it's listening to music, going outside for a walk, or just sitting in silence and listening. It does help to consider things from God's perspective. He sees the bigger picture. Like Mary and Martha, he knows what's best for us at a given time. Sometimes it is working or serving. Sometimes it's just resting or listening to him. But whatever it is, he does it because he loves us. We shouldn't feel that he condemns our busyness or our actions. He didn't condemn Martha. Instead, he gently calls us to come as we are and sit at his feet. And when we come there, we usually find that the way God sees us is completely different to how we see ourselves. We often feel like we need to do this or do that maybe to be more thoughtful or patient or confident or whatever. But God says we are good enough as we are. In fact, more than good enough. He sees the beauty within each of us. And if we are enough for God, then God is definitely enough for us. Let's take time this week to let that truth sink in again and to enjoy his presence. Before we move on, if you're willing, I'd like us to close our eyes for a minute and just picture sitting at Jesus' feet. What does that mean for you to sit at Jesus' feet? You don't even have to pray. You can just listen for a moment.
Amen.